now, time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News staff writer Amanda Buckle. And I'm seafood market reporter Lauren Castiglione. This week's episode is brought to you by Ernaberry Seafood Import Workshop, taking place in Boston on Thursday, October 18th. The Seafood Import Workshop is a unique opportunity for businesses to discuss the variety of compliance requirements faced by U.S. seafood importers. From federal law to voluntary certification requirements, the workshop speakers present and discuss best management approaches to raising the bar and meeting the intent of the law. Visit earnerberry.com SIW for more information. I cannot believe that the Seafood Import Workshop is happening this week. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I know this time just flies by, but um, there's still actually time to sign up. If you live in the Boston area, you'll get a chance to meet me. I'll be signing autographs at the event. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I asked Jimmy if he could like fund some. Uh, sorry, Jimmy, uh, Jim Kenny. He's yes. the uh, market uh, reporter for seafood and also the COO here. I wanted some money for headshots so I can... And he said no? Yeah. He said he's not, you know, it's not what we're here for. I thought I was here for the star power. Right. But we want to give the people what they want. And it's headshots of me. Autographed right. headshots of me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, apparently I'm not that important. Just kidding. Well, if attendance is down this year, we know why. It's because there's no headshots. <laughs> um, but uh, no, like I said, if, if there's still time to sign up if you live in the Boston area. And even if you don't, it's a quick drive. We're actually driving up from our, our office in New Jersey. Um, but we're going to have amazing speakers and government representatives from NOAA, the CBP, USDA, and FDA. They'll all be on hand to discuss SIMP and the China tariffs, and so much more, so you don't want to miss it. But moving on, we have a special treat in store for our listeners. This week, you get a break from listening to Lauren and I ramble on. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's right. We left the talking to National Fisheries Institute's communication manager, Lindsay Fowler. Lindsay joins us on the Seafood News podcast this week to talk about NFI's Seafood Sea Jobs campaign, which launched uh, this past August. Let's, Let's take a listen. listen. Hey, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us on the Seafood News Podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. So back in August, the National Fisheries Institute launched the Seafood Sea Jobs Campaign in recognition of the threats the seafood community posted by the new trade tariffs. Can you give us more of an explanation of the campaign for those who are unfamiliar with it? Sure. So, you know, trade has really always been and always will be very important to NFI members. Um, as you guys know, seafood is one of the most traded commodities in the world. So we've been wanting to do kind of a broader education campaign about the importance of healthy trade. Um, and then once uh, there was talk of an impending trade war with China, we kind of moved ahead full force. So Seafood Sea Jobs is really meant to showcase the what we call the faces and places of seafood jobs around America. So we're showing real people in real U.S. cities whose jobs really rely on seafood trade. Um, so whether it's a fisherman or a processor, a restaurant server, a trucker, the seafood community really has kind of diverse impacts that not everyone knows about. So we really wanted to ensure that those in D.C. especially understand those impacts and how diverse our industry is. Okay. So how many videos have you released so far? So we have produced 34 videos so far, and we've wow. featured people in Maine, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire, as well as places like Minnesota, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. And the audience here really are politicians, policymakers, and what we call key opinion leaders on trade. 
you know, inside the Beltway, there are really segments of people that are listened to by the administration, and we want to make sure they're talking about seafood when they talk about industries that are hurt by tariffs. Okay. 34 videos is a lot <laughs> from starting back in August. You guys have been yeah. really busy. <laughs> yes, we have been. I've seen a lot of places. Um, actually, well, so we'll, uh, we'll jump to that, actually. is that That's what I was, I was curious, is that uh, how are you, you know, deciding who to feature? Like, are you guys, and are you guys on the ground filming at these companies? Or are they sending videos your own way? Yeah, so these have all been produced in-house. So either myself or my colleague Brandon have visited our members um, and, you know, interviewed their employees, have gotten footage of them doing their jobs, footage of the facility, and it's really been dependent on our members. They're a huge part of this. So we have to consider where we have members that are really willing to open their doors to us, uh, where we have members that can show us around their town and their community and talk about some of those kind of trickle-down effects, how, you know, the coffee shop in the community really depends on the employees from the seafood processing plant for their business as well. Um, so just looking where we have the opportunities to showcase um, different people in the industry and then kind of further down the supply chain as well. That's interesting. I never really actually thought about that. Is that it's like a, a coffee shop too, how that impacts it. That's yep. pretty cool. Right. Yeah, and there's been um, kind of a auto parts store in, in Maine that was, you know, one of the, the folks that we featured and they had you know, their father, their husband, um, I think her son and grandson were all lobstermen. So um, they had a real connection to the community in terms of seafood jobs. And then their business uh, was a place where a lot of lobstermen um, were coming constantly to get supplies for their boats. So it's, you know, it's not just the people that are actually on the water or doing right. the processing. It's, it's a lot further down the supply chain where you see impacts. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, so when I think about who is being impacted by the tariffs, my immediate thought goes to Maine and lobster. Um, it's interesting that some of the focus has been on the companies in the heartland. So can you talk a little bit more about why it's so important to shed light on those businesses? Sure, that's, that's a good question. And that's really part of why we're educating those target audiences in D.C. because it is easy to picture, you know, the rocky shores of Maine and the pristine waters of Alaska when you think of seafood jobs, and those are plentiful and, and important, but as I mentioned before, the supply chain goes much beyond that. So it's people processing fish, trucking, cold storage, um, sales and procurement, serving seafood in restaurants, and a lot of those jobs are in the heartland. And, you know, we went to Minnesota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and video is really our next best bet to, to show those people. But I was on the ground there, and I heard from, you know, real Americans in Motley, Minnesota, for example, who have real fear about the future of the company and the future of their jobs with, um, you know, 25% tariffs slapped onto to seafood products. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think what's really cool about the campaign is just the fact that it is so eye-opening because, yeah, it's like I said, you, you just automatically think of, like, oh, Maine and Lobster. but Right, all the obvious places. Yeah, all the obvious. But it, there's there's so many, you know, places and, and people that it's impacting that it's not so obvious that, you know, that's I think that's yeah. what's really great about the campaign. So what has um, some of the feedback been like? You know, uh, are you guys getting the reaction that you wanted? Yeah, so we've gotten extremely positive feedback. We send all of the videos to... Uh, members of Congress, so senators and then representatives that 
um, have the companies in their actual district, and they've been really excited to see businesses and jobs and their constituents highlighted as part of this campaign. Um, and then we've had NFI members see our updates and actually call us and ask us to come feature them next. Oh, wow. Um, we're NFI's part of a broader coalition called Americans for Free Trade, and it's kind of the brother group to Farmers for Free Trade, but it's more the manufacturing side. And the co this coalition has been really happy with our videos as well and kind of the unique story that seafood brings to the table. Um, you know, some of the products that Sea Tariffs are, it, they come to America and they're pretty much ready to go to consumers, whereas seafood comes primarily as a raw product and then it's portioned, it's processed, it's value-added, it's breaded. Um, you know, in Motley, Minnesota, they're adding marinades and um, it's a bit unique because it's the raw material comes to the U.S. in terms of imports and then it creates jobs and it fuels jobs at these processing facilities. Um, and members of Congress especially understand that and want more manufacturing in their districts and their states. So um, we've, we've gotten a lot of good feedback. That's great. Um, so how long do you expect the Seafood Sea Jobs campaign is going to run for? Do you have a timeline on it or as long yeah, as it's I mean, as, still yep, successful? Yeah, as long as it takes, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Trade, as I mentioned, trade is really always something that's an important part of the seafood narrative. So I think educating people about trade, whether it's about these tariffs or not, is, is really going to be a big part of our foreseeable future. Okay. Well, um, you know, just really honing in on the tariffs, uh, what's the latest? I know one of the biggest complaints that our market reporters are hearing is that there's just kind of a silence on the whole subject. You know, it's like, are negotiations with China, like, actually happening? You know, what's the process and what happens next? Can you shed any light on that? Sure. So, I mean, just to be clear, the, the intellectual property theft by the Chinese that this is really designed to address is definitely a real problem, and NFI members understand that, and we agree that something needs to be done there, but we just don't agree that it needs to be done on the backs of American seafood workers. Um, you know, they're the ones feeling the pain as, as part of this trade war, and, you know, I think the administration's focus has been getting the best deal it can for America when it comes to Canada and Mexico, that agreement, as well as the EU. So now we're kind of just waiting to see what happens with China. So we're pretty much as interested as anyone in next steps. And, you know, in between that, we're just educating as many people as we can about the importance of exports and imports for the seafood community. So, Lindsay, my, I'm a market reporter um, here, and most of my contacts are more concerned with those increased tariffs that you talked about before coming January 1st, as they believe such a substantial of an increase will definitely have an impact on the movement and growth of seafood products on all levels. Um, so in, in an industry already trying to engage more consumers, how do you see the outlook for especially next year? And is NFI putting additional marketing or promotional efforts into place now when prices inevitably will be increasing for 2019? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And really the reality is, unfortunately, that the 25% tariffs that are effective January 1st really are already here. It takes our members somewhere in the neighborhood of 8 to 15 weeks to put in an order to China and get it here. So, you know, our members are operating um, under that 25% tariff, and, and it has a big impact. So, you know, it doesn't change NFI's strategic plan, and I have colleagues who work on things like Dish on Fish and proactive consumer re education, and, and that kind of stuff will continue. But, 
definitely from an advocacy perspective, we will certainly be communicating heavily about trade next year and just putting a lot of efforts towards it. As we know, we still have you know a few years in this administration, and we'll see what happens after that. So it definitely has um, moved our communications about trade from um, you know the back burner to to the front burner. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Lindsay. Um, this was extremely eye-opening. Yeah. And um, do you want to tell the Seafood News podcast listeners where they can find more information and check out the awesome Seafood Sea Jobs videos? Yes, that'd be great. So we are always posting new videos. We post three new ones each week, and you can find them right on our homepage of the website, aboutseafood.com. All right. Thanks again, Lindsay. Yes, thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up our show for the week. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for joining us. And once again, this week's episode was brought to you by Erner Berry's Seafood Import Workshop, taking place this Thursday. Visit ErnerBerry.com slash SIW or call 1-800-932-0617 for a special rate. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye.